So exciting time, thank you very much. Uh, as you have seen, we are very excited and very committed uh, to, to share with you our, how we're helping SAP customers around the world, right? And the title of this presentation that we have collaborated uh, with our friends from Heineken, uh, Michael Martin from Heineken is joining us, is about choice and innovation and how we're helping companies around the world to provide choice and have them innovate. Uh, so my name is Fernando Castillo. I run the SAP Business Worldwide. Uh, with me is uh, my dear friend Eugene Kim. He's responsible for the business in the US Northeast. Uh, and he will, we both will be sharing a couple of things with you. And then we'll transition to Michael, who will be sharing the Heineken story, right? Everybody knows Heineken, right? You know that we specifically ask the headsets to be green, just in, in honor, right? Exactly. So, so with that, let's start here. Um, number of things have, have happened and for in, in the audience we have been doing bring button a number of things together with SAP for SAP customers so having 11 years of partnership 11 years where we have been collaborating with with SAP 11 years that we have innovating on behalf of our customers to really try to push the envelope and try, try, try to bring the best of the two worlds, how SAP can work better for SAP customers and AWS. So you see in, in the slide, you know, from early days in 2008, when SAP became a customer from AWS, right? Those back early days, what was the public cloud? Those was like, really? Uh, those early days, SAP, just two years after AWS became a, a company, uh, SAP was already, already leveraging AWS. Then through the, through the journey, we started certifying, and we certified a number of instances and, in, and environments to allow customers to run any SAP database on AWS. So when you remember, you have ECC on NEDB, well, that was certified early those days. We continued the journey, right, and we start having more and more customers, and then we, we enter the HANA space, right? SAP created HANA, and customers were asking us, what about HANA, how can I use the cloud to, to deliver HANA and to provision SAP HANA-based solutions? And we started back there in 2015. We continue, and in 16, we created the first you know, uh, high memory at the time, two and four terabyte HANA instance, fully on-demand, virtualized for SAP customers. Kind of a groundbreaking, nobody else in the industry did that. As we continue the journey, SAP started seeing us, and then it started to innovate on us, right? So early days, SAP Cloud Platform was launched, was launched on AWS uh, in multiple regions, and you'll see more details there. We continue to help customers uh, in their transformation transitions to HANA. You have customers that really wanted to see how fast they can take their ECC environments and move them to HANA, and we created the FAST program, how to really take this ECC landscape running on NEDV and move it in less than 48 hours to uh, suite on HANA, to really identify how answer questions around how big is my database on HANA, how fast my processes are running. So that's early, way back, right, between seven, in, in 17. Then more SAP properties came online. Concord, for instance, running SAP, running Concord on, on AWS. Our high memory instances, we launched 12, 6, 9, and 12. Then early this year, uh, sorry, a few months ago, we launched 18 and 24. Single instance, scale up uh, instances to support the HANA needs. Not only that, but we're also certified early this year to run 48 uh, terabytes for SAP S4 HANA fully certified in a scale-out model, as well as 100 terabytes for VW. So if anybody has a question about our commitment to SAP customers, there you go. We, we, we are here for you. We hear your needs. We hear 
what are you looking for? So we're providing that choice. When you guys need uh, to evolve, explore what are the options for you, that's what we're trying to do here, right? Providing that platform that will serve your needs. Uh, even more interesting recently uh, is that on Monday, this Monday of this week, we announced that we have over 5,000 active AWS customers running SAP. Not only that, but more than half of those run SAP HANA-based solutions. So it's definitely a milestone in our journey, definitely a milestone of the trust our customers have uh, put in us. Uh, it's a commitment for us to support all these customers. You can see here that in, in, those, in that customer list, you have multiple scenarios. You have the ECC and multiple databases, right? These customers have the choice to do that. We have the customer have cho uh, chose to go to ECC on HANA. Customers have the choice to run S4. So you see the, all these vast priorities. And these are not like small companies. You see very large organizations. The, you know, the logos are small because the number of customers though, right? But uh, very large organizations in all the spectrum really trusting us and, and putting all these, uh, all, all their mission-critical SAP uh, solutions to run on us. So this is a testament of our partnership with SAP, our, uh, I guess as mentioned, our customers that trusted us, and as well as the team that has been working on, on this for years. So great, great momentum, great milestone we're looking at, and we always say this is only day one at AWS, right? This is just the start. We're looking to innovate more. We're looking to innovate more with our dear customers. We're looking to innovate for existing and new customers that will come to the platform to really uh, join part of this big family that we have. Uh, with that said, you know, you heard me saying a lot, choice. Uh, and the question that came to my, uh, to my mind when, I, when we're putting this together is, then maybe what you want to do, understand, is why customers are coming to us, right? What is AWS providing that is unique? Why Heineken here uh, chose to run their SAP mission critical solutions on AWS? So there are a number of things that uh, we will share with you. So let's start with the, at the high level, right? Our commitment to customers to provide high memory instances with a full cloud native experience, right? So, and Eugene will dive deep in these, in these solutions because of his you know, background. But you will see our commitment to how we push the envelope and how we kind of you know, use different technologies uh, to really take the benefit of the cloud to silicon, to chips, and that's around our nitro system for SAP that we're going to dive deep there. Then, the type of support we have for HANA, right? 4X, the support, and anybody else with the 48 that I mentioned on 100 terabytes. Certification, we are certified, and we have been certified, because customers like you were asking us, I need to be able to run ECC on DB2, I need to be able to run ECC on Oracle, I need to be able to run ECC on SQL, Guys, I need to run HANA at a larger instance sizes. So that's where the choice and the customers telling us, we came back with our engineering teams and provided that. Cloud innovation, of course, uh, SAP is a great partner of us. Jürgen Mueller, SAP CTO, was earlier today with us presenting. And SAP Cloud Platform, which is the innovation platform for SAP, runs 10 out of uh, 12 regions on AWS, right? Fantastic. Uh, fantastic numbers and how the trust of SAP is put on, on us and the multiple other SAP properties. We have a very robust uh, partner community across the world, uh, partners that have been in best resources, expertise, and, and really help customers drive, right? They, they kind of finalize, they put the, the last mile there. 
to really make sure things happen, really make sure that all this great technology that we're providing it comes to fruition for customers like you. And finally, the global coverage. We don't stop, right? If you have been following AWS, our investments in having more regions, more availability zones, more services is there. You have heard most likely Andy earlier uh, yesterday about all the new services and features he has, we are launching. So it's a continuous pace of innovation. It's a continuous uh, push to help customers have the best that we can provide to them. And hear all your feedback to add to that portfolio. So with that, uh, I want to transition to Eugene, who is going to help us a little more see more detail behind these slides. All right, perfect. Thank, thanks, Fernando. And thanks, everyone, for attending today's session. So I'm going to talk about a couple different things. One is um, the number of different instances that run HANA, uh, the number of different options that you see here, and some of our um, key differentiators and what separates us from the competition. So here what we have is a number of different scale-up options. Uh, when it comes to your HANA database, it starts off at 244. Now, the 244 is gigabyte, so when you convert that to gigabyte, it's actually higher than 244. So you can go from our R4 family at 244. Uh, we have the R5 at 384, um, all the way up to the 24 terabytes. Now, recently we made the announcement where the 18 and 24 terabytes were released. That was approximately two months ago at uh, TechEd Barcelona, I believe. Correct. Thank you. And uh, we also, earlier this year, uh, released the 6, 9, and 12 terabytes. Now, we call them the high memory instances, and you might see some language where it's interchanged with bare metals. Um, the, go to the next slide. So what you see here is the bare metals, and, and what the key differentiator between us and our competitors is something that, that we say a lot in AWS. There's no compression algorithm for experience. And what you see here is our previous generation um, hypervisor where we, it's, it's the Zen hypervisor on the left-hand side where it's virtual. And then we have our bare metal instances that are based upon the Nitro hypervisor. Now what separates us is the Nitro hypervisor gives you almost 100% of that server's capabilities uh, usable by consumers, such as yourself. So what that means is you get more memory, you get uh, more CPU, you get more SAPs, which is the most important metric when it comes to SAP performance. Um, with Nitro, <clears throat> what we've done is we've offloaded the, the uh, tax associated with virtualization off to a silicone-based or KVM-based application. It was due to an acquisition we made roughly three years ago. And because of that, that's how we're able to, A, put these bare metal instances in our data centers, unlike uh, our competitors, uh, they are unable to do that. And also, we're able to make 100% uh, of the, the server capabilities um, addressable. So what we have here on the left-hand side is also the different options for scale-up and scale-out. And then we also have a number of different SAPs and SAPs ratings. Just to add to this slide uh, and to what Eugene is mentioning, right? You think about uh, all providers uh, might have an appliance, right? Everything all together. In this case, the instance is only compute, right? We were at TechEd like a year ago or so, not this past, but the one before, and we did an experiment, right? We had one of our friends as well that had uh, created an a, a script where we can talk to Alexa. You know Alexa, right? <laughs> and he said, Alexa, change from one terabyte HANA to nine terabyte HANA. And what Alexa did is created the script, run the thing. In nine minutes, it was changed from one to nine. Basically, creating the script to create a new instance, move all the 
storage attached to the new instance. So that's kind of the agility it provides. I asked the audience at the time, who's going to do this with Alexa, right? And then somebody raised a hand, uh, which is fantastic. But the, the idea of this is, it's not for people to say, use Alexa to do it, right? If you want, by all means. But it's a concept of how you can integrate with all the different services that we have. It is fully integrated in the core of our region's availability zone. So when you see underneath, right, network storage and, and management consoles, it's all these services that we have that are 100% API driven can also be integrated. And when you see all the announcements we did this week, all those are available as well. So talk about you know, IoT, recognition, voice, and all those things. You can take advantage of that. So that's kind of a, a key differentiation here. Not only that, but also, as Eugene will mention, is the fact that you get the whole performance of the, of the compute. There's no taxation, right? Uh, so that's a key difference. Back to yeah. you. Oh, no, that, that, that's perfect, Fernando. So, so in that example Fernando just mentioned, <clears throat> Uh, because of the Nitro Hypervisor, because these servers are sitting in our data centers, uh, you can address and, and address the server, uh, make changes to the server via our CLI, uh, which is key, versus, um, and I'll go into more specifics in our next slide, uh, versus sitting in a colo location. And, and that's really important. Um, also, with respect to Nitro, because uh, you're running the Nitro Hypervisor, um, we're running the Nitro Hypervisor with our instances, the compute is separated from the storage. So when I want to resize from a four to a six or a six to a nine, the, the data in the storage is still on the same storage devices. There's no change. It's not a migration. I'm not moving from one bare metal server to another. So essentially the, 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 um, the lines between, let's say, a physical server and the virtual server start to get a little bit blurred. Um, and because of the Nitro Hypervisor, Everything within um, our large instances are addressable. <clears throat> um, and also, you can use the AWS console to administer those servers. So, um, meaning there's one control plane. And in addition, not only one control plane, but if I want to do snapshots of the, of the EBS volumes, all the AWS services is, is woven into that server. Right? All right. So, <clears throat> so some competitive advantages um, or advantages compared to other providers. In this example here, I'll, I'll highlight uh, a number of different advantages. And this is specifically to um, another cloud provider in, in uh, Washington, Redmond, Washington. So without naming names. Um, so here we have downtime. So when you look at um, our platform, um, you know, there, like I mentioned, there's no compression algorithm for experience. Um, there's the other provider has 20x um, down, more downtime compared to us. Um, I believe last week, if not the week before, there was a, uh, an outage for two hours uh, related to their um, online software application. Um, and so when you think about putting your most mission-critical application on a platform that is having issues uh, with uptime, I, you know, that, that's a difficult proposition uh, to take into account. Also, all of our services are native. So if I want to use EFS uh, for my NFS storage, that's a native uh, solution. If I want to integrate into S3, that's a native solution. If I want to um, take my HANA logs from one HANA database to another, uh, that's native, versus uh, our competitor uses NetApp, 
as, uh, or third-party products to fill in those solution gaps. Um, and like I mentioned, and Fernando mentioned here perfectly, is all of our instances are sitting in our data center. And that to me is one of the key differentiators because for our competitor, uh, their large instances are sitting in a colo. Um, you know, they took a different approach where you know, they were uh, looking at first market potentially or there are a number of different reasons why. However, with our instances, the application server and database response times are sub one millisecond versus going over a network connection, let's say a backend express route, uh, where you're looking at 10 to 15 millisecond response times. So as the system starts to get taxed, there's a choke point. Uh, the system starts to slow down, and, um, and you know, that does not provide an optimal end user experience. The other thing that's really important about um, the instances sitting in our data center is, there's, like I mentioned earlier, there's one control plane. So if I want to perform administration on that HANA database, um, I can, within my laptop, I can use HANA Studio or I could use HANA Cockpit as an example versus our competitor. You have to log into a jump box sitting in their cloud and the jump box is the only way to perform administration on that HANA database. Um, and <clears throat> we'll go down to the next uh, couple points here related to storage. So storage, with our EBS, our, the storage can be configured to any size to meet the customer needs. So if you need a 750 gig storage, if you need a three terabyte storage um, volume, you can easily do that. You can also create EBS volumes and change its profile characteristics after the fact. So if I create a three terabyte volume and I need 250 more gigs, I could do that on a running system without taking it offline. Versus uh, with our, the other cloud provider, it's t-shirt sized. It's one terabyte, two terabytes, four terabytes, eight terabytes. So if you need a five terabyte, you have to over-provision the storage and you have to take that server offline. So, so that, that is definitely a key factor. And then eventually you have to grow into that storage volume, which is also more, uh, it's definitely more expensive and customers have realized that there's a higher TCO cost associated with running their SAP systems uh, on the other provider. And the other point is uh, our general purpose SSDs, uh, we, we recommend them for our SAP systems. Um, and those deliver faster performance compared to uh, our competitors' similar offering at a lower cost. So there's not only more IOPS, but there's also more throughput. And then last but not least, but the SAP alignment, they have two out of 12 SAP regions running on their platform versus we have 10 out of 10 out of 12. Now, on this slide here, <clears throat> it's uh, another comparison of, of our uh, offerings with another provider based out of California. Without naming names. <laughs> so we offer more, 2x more NetWeaver, uh, SAP NetWeaver certified instances. We offer 65 certified instances versus the competitor offers 32. Uh, our HANA instances provide up to 12% more memory. So if you look at the, the uh, HANA certification page, what you'll notice is you know, our competitor offers a six terabyte, 
uh, instance, we offer six terabyte instance. So how can I be making this claim that we offer 12 terabytes? Well, with our competitor, it's actually, they round it up. So with a six terabyte, it's really 5,888 gigs. Whereas for us, it's 6,144 gigabytes. Now when you convert that to gigabytes, it's actually 6,597. So with a six terabyte instance running on us, you, you, you get 12% more memory. And that's just one example of many where our instances offer more memory uh, compared to our, uh, the other cloud providers. The other thing is we offer 2x more HANA certified instances, up to 24 terabytes. And the reason why this is important is because you can granularly grow your HANA databases at a smaller step. So as an example, I can start off at 244. Let's round it up to say 256. I can go to 384. I can go to 512, 768, one terabyte, and two terabytes, and, and further up all the way up to 24 terabytes. So you're able to control costs, you're able to, um, you have more choice, like Fernando mentioned earlier, with our platform and offering. The, the other item to highlight is <clears throat> service offerings. So our large uh, high memory instances are offered in over 16 regions versus our provider, the other cloud provider offers them in nine regions. So again, you have more choices to deploy these large instances. You have more uh, sizes where you can go up and down the scale. And also, we support Oracle Database. So for them, they do not. They do not support Oracle. So if you're running Oracle, uh, for some customers, that's a key differentiator between us and them. And um, as far as SAP alignment, so one out of 12 regions for them, um, they support one out of 12 SCP regions are supported on their platform, and more SaaS offerings runs on us. So um, when you look at SAP Data Warehouse, Analytics Cloud, Concur, and also Qualtrics XM runs on us. So thank you. Sure. Thank you, Gene. So I um, wanted to give you like an idea of, of where you are and why customers are picking and, and choosing to you know, put these uh, mission-critical applications, SAP applications on us. This is an example of migration experiences, right? We're trying to start where, remember the, in, the, in the path that we show, we started with you know, certifying and validating any SAP, uh, any database on SAP solutions. So we have you know, some examples of migrations, online retailer, right? It took from Oracle to HANA 29 hours, and I can disclose that Zappos.com, right? Tiny company that sells shoes and now sells more. Well, they took their system and moved it to Sweet Ohana in 29 hours. And there's a whole case study on that as well. Uh, big different companies, right? Uh, we see a, a very large uh, suite uh, BW on Oracle with BWA that was moved to AWS on HANA in, 49, in 42 hours. So we see these examples of how not only, you know, the technology that we have provided to customers or the partnership that we have with multiple partners in the ecosystem are helping these different companies to really take advantage of the cloud and really try to see what they can be obtaining, right? And take advantage of the agility and flexibility and of course there's financial benefit behind this as well. So just a few examples there on, the, on what these customers have provided and I know Michael will go deeper in what uh, the Heineken case has been. Uh, 
some kind of uh, names, and uh, these are kind of companies that are, are close to our, have been shared with our, their stories. Engie just presented uh, this morning with us, and they started the digital transformation, and they you know, cost them the environment 50%, and they were able to reduce and start the project earlier because they were able to have this full pro environment where they can start an S4 transformation earlier than anybody else, right? Example like AIG, Eugene was deeply involved in that. They moved 13 SAP landscapes in 13 months, saving $8 million in the uh, first year and increasing 40% of the whole uh, cost. So definitely, definitely uh, the performance increase is definitely strong. But all, all in all, is this package of solutions that we have seen that all these benefits that customers are getting for moving their SAP landscapes to AWS. Mm -hmm. So that kind of addresses a portion. But then when we talk about choice, you know, customers have different options, right? And, and on AWS, what we say is, we are here to provide you the best platform we can for you. And customers have different choices and, and have different paths. And we all know that, you know, we have yes um, hand transformations that, are, that a lot of customers are looking to, to get into. And then the question that we get sometimes is, how, what are the paths that we can take and what are the different things that we can do? There's a, definitely the, the retired technical depth uh, angle of this, and there's the innovation part of this. So as I transition to the next section, you know, what we have been seeing is we, starts, we started seeing customers <laughs> lifting and shifting, right? taking their ECC environments or VW environments and moving to the cloud on an effort to optimize, consolidate, retired technical depth, right? all the infrastructure there, and get the benefits of the cloud. We've seen, as I mentioned, customers doing what uh, Zappos did, right? In 16, we announced fast. So making those ECC systems on NEDV move to the cloud and move to HANA, right? And an effort to get you closer to your S4 transformations. We, of course, have our customers that say, hey, no, I'm going to take directly an S4 route, right? And those are kind of choices that we see customers. But in something like we have seen, seen lately is the route that we're seeing happening more and more is lifting and shifting, right? Allowing you to optimize, reduce costs. And then as you get ready at your own pace, when you are ready, move to S4, right? And you have the possibility to transform your company and S4 already in the cloud, already benefiting of, hey, I need to try how this looks. Open an environment, test it, see how it is, how big my database is, what's my business case. But not only that, right? If you see that halo that is happening there, you can also innovate on the way. Because you can definitely start seeing, hey, for me, innovation is critical. My business, my line of business are asking me to have more things. How can I explore? How can I increase my employee engagement? How I can connect in, uh, devices? The whole IoT space, right, is fascinating. How can I create smart factories? We, you guys have seen probably the Volkswagen announcement, how we're helping them create the smart <coughs> factories and the whole industrial uh, network there. So, uh, how can I do more things on, on that edge, right? Without, without uh, putting a pressure on time, without, uh, without pushing uh, one solution versus the other, is the customer choice, right? Is the ability to get in the cloud, activate all different services, and then evolve as, as you need. So with that said, right, this kind of the framework scene, that path to your to the customer's S4 transformation without leaving innovation on the side. So with that path, let's... Uh, let, us, let me tell you how customers are, how we're helping customers innovate faster. So one of the key things uh, you have seen and we have experienced customers is this concept of a clean core plus everything cloud equals innovation and how we're helping customers innovate faster. So in the bottom part of this, you see 
you'll see there the infrastructure services, you see any ECC services or S4. We have one, we have gone from providing infrastructure services, IIS, to support any, any SAP solution to help customers innovate faster and integrate with SAP. So you have in the middle there, customers can integrate to all these different applications on the microservice architecture, right, to help empower sales teams, to help uh, decrease operational overhead, to innovate in how to do better decisions, how to integrate uh, with our devices, IoT, uh, the IoT space, how we can get better products on, uh, to the market. And you can connect to that either via the SAP Cloud Platform or via AWS Native Services. You have the option, again, choice, right? You pick your own path. But the whole idea here is how we are helping customers and how customers are leveraging all these different services to really support their business needs. This is no longer a, a technology SAP-only conversation. How do we take SAP and co-innovate on a cloud environment? And how we take all those features and functionalities and, and services, microservices, to empower you as an as a enterprise that is innovating and how you're helping your organizations and your customers in that. So, very powerful slide. We have a number of customers. I'll, I'll share with you what uh, kind of examples that we're seeing. And we're happy to partner with you to explore more details of your particular cases here. The other piece, right, if you extrapolate that, uh, the core of this is our partnership, again, with, with SAP. If you think about our global coverage and how we're partnering with SAP, right, SAP Cloud Platform is running on 10 out of 12, right? You have 5x more services that you have, right? So definitely a good coverage of, of how we are helping customers take advantage of this uh, SAP Cloud Platform and how we are helping them innovate. There's a number of things we have been doing across the, the time with, with SAP. Um, these are a couple of examples of, of the innovations we have been doing recently. So you have HANA Cloud, SAP Data Warehouse Cloud just announced a ticket running on NAS, SAP Analytics Cloud, uh, also called SAC. Uh, we have Data, uh, Data Custodian. People have heard about uh, GDPR and what that means, right? So Data Custodian is an interesting solution that SAP has put together to allow customers that run SAP on AWS to have full access of policies, insights for accessing data from where, um, protect encryption mechanisms, and really, if, if you're looking for GDPR or any other, provide those controls uh, and apply those to your SAP solutions that are running on AWS. So there's a lot of innovation happening, happening there. Also, of course, I've mentioned before, a number of SAP solutions running, running on AWS. So the, the idea here, uh, if you kind of sum, summarize in a way, is we started with infrastructure as a service, right? Supporting SAP solutions to run, that run on NEDB to run on AWS, allow customers to do that. Then SAP and SAP customers uh, were exposed to HANA. So we did huge investments on HANA, right? As all the topics that, that Eugene has shared with you, right? All the... Uh, you know, 48, 100 uh, scale-out instances for S4HANA and BW4, as well as the single instances. But we're going beyond that, right? We're, we're powering SAP, we're powering the innovation platform of SAP with SAP Cloud Platform. We're allowing customers to innovate on that platform that underneath is AWS. But there's even one more step ahead, right? Is SAP is creating code that runs on AWS to support SAP customers that run on AWS which is even more, more interesting, right? Not only data custodian, but you also have integration with IoT, right? Today, the IoT solution from SAP 
can control directly and connect with our IoT services. So we have that seamless integration, right? So that's something of the, of the evolution that we have had, and that's something that I wanted to expose you in this first slide with the road, right? We have been going far away of allowing customers and working together with your input as well as with SAP uh, partnership, with SAP partnership, to create more things for customers. Uh, a couple of innovations, right? Of course, we have uh, companies like Enel doing the whole smart metering and smart grids and uh, through IoT and data lakes and, of course, running S4. We have Salando, you know, over 36 services extend from SAP to create more intelligence online e-commerce. So in the retail space, a great company in Europe. Both the connected head, uh, headphones and, and running all, all the operations through SAP ECC. And of course, uh, Liberty Mutual helping with uh, S4 to do real-time closing uh, of a financial closing. So there's a lot of things we have been doing customers and continue to do. There's a couple of examples here that we're sharing that are public. Well, as we continue through this journey, uh, we'll be sharing more. And remember, there's something at Amazon's called it's only day one. And this is just really only day one. There's more things coming, more great partnerships being formed, more customers asking us to do more things. So it's an amazing evolution. And talking about customers, let's transition to Michael, right? Uh, who is here from Heineken to tell us their story. Michael, thank you for coming. Thank you very much for inviting me. All right. So um, let me explain who I am. I'm a, a program manager working for Heineken in, um, in Amsterdam. And uh, of course, when I came, they decided that they would bring the, the rain with me. So you're welcome. <laughs> um, let's, let's get into exactly what's been going on at Heineken. Um, first of all, who are we? Um, well, I don't think, well, at least where I come from, that's never a question, right? I mean, people don't order beer where I come from. We order Heineken. Um, parents teach their small children to go get two Heineken. It's very, it's, it, it's like asking why is water wet? Um, but these numbers here that, uh, you see the important parts are 165 breweries, which means a lot of data sources, right? So we have um, distributed across the globe, um, across 70 plus countries. And what, what isn't listed here is inside of those 70 plus countries, we have 94 plus uh, 94 opcos. So each one of those operating um, companies is actually running its own ECC, has its own BW, has its own um, BI center. So what we're trying to do with all of those different things is improve those four bottom numbers there. We want to make more revenue, we want to make more beer, and we want to improve the planet by reducing water consumption and CO2 um, production. Uh, there's a lot of money currently being spent in Heineken across the planet on reducing the, um, those two last numbers. So, how do we do this? Why would we use the cloud for critical SAP business platforms? This is a question, but first you have to understand the problem. If you look at this, um, actually, I, there we go. So, if you look at this map, these little gray areas, those are the areas on the planet that don't have any Heineken. Okay? The rest of it is ours. Um, so Heineken previously had um, completely on-premise solutions. Um, it, all of the BI 
solutions were running inside of our own um, networks on hardware that was actually made up out of like metal and things like this. Um, and we were running into some issues. We were all of a sudden growing our data um, lake by one terabyte per quarter. Um, and what would happen is we would very quickly realize that we were going to have to increase the size of this thing. In order to do that, we would have to order it. And in order to um, implement it, we would have to take like six or eight months just to go ahead as a program and um, upscale our, our, uh, our HANA system. Well, in that six or eight months that we were doing this very expensive program, we would already outgrow the thing that we just ordered. And so there was no point in continuously doing this over and over and over again. We very quickly realized we have a problem. On top of that, we were adding multiple visualization front end systems. And every time we did that, we would almost double the amount of data that we had because as um, each different uh, part of the, the globe came online as part of our, our data lake, they wanted to be able to visualize it the way they wanted to. And as soon as they could do that, they would just start pouring more data into it. Um, and then when we started doing upgrades, we started to realize, again, we've got 24 hours across this globe. So there's no downtime. Um, and most places are working Saturdays and Sundays um, on the planet. So there's really no time that's a good time to take eight hours and then just shut everything down. It's not possible. Um, and then uh, for us to even coordinate outages of two to four hours to be able to just do a simple patch or something like that was becoming nearly impossible as well. So we were being told by business, you can have like eight minutes of downtime. And at the time when we're running on this enormous piece of metal, we're wondering how are we ever going to accomplish this? So we needed a system that was upgradable without basically any downtime. We wanted to be able to expand it at, at will, right? And we wanted to be able to save money while we're doing this. And at the time, it seemed impossible. That's why we can go back to why the cloud, right? Why the cloud for BI and for ECC? Because the cloud allows us to do all of the things that I just told you we couldn't do previously. We, we were told, right, that with the cloud, you would be able to pick up the phone and order a new system and it would be there in nine minutes. <laughs> um, we were told that we would be able to go ahead and seamlessly upgrade systems. We would be able to do patches, zero downtime, all of this stuff sounded like, you know, Nirvana. So we decided the cloud is absolutely the way. This is great. We're going to go ahead and create a program and we're going to implement the cloud and then we're going to move all of our stuff onto it and then life is going to be amazing, right? So what are the key challenges? One, we don't know anything about the cloud. Most of us thought that that's where rain came from, right? So what is this thing? We don't even know anything about it. So how do we get around that? We buy people. Right? So we go out and we get experts who know exactly what um, they're doing. And we were very lucky. We chose AWS as our cloud experts and we chose Lemongrass as our implementation experts. They hand in glove, these two guys came together 
and worked with us and created inside of Heineken um, the knowledge that we then needed to be able to implement what we were doing. All right, so now we're smart, right? Now we know what we're talking about. Well, they do. And um, we're just ready to go for it, except we don't have any connectivity. All of the connectivity that we had across the entire globe was inside our own network. We were connecting all of the different pieces across the globe into one place in Germany. And it never went outside with the exception of, you know, exporting a little bit of data here, a little bit of data there. So what do we do? Money comes to the rescue again. We buy a solution, right? So we go ahead and we build out huge pipes and we plan very early to go ahead and build out our network to the cloud because that's exactly what we need. That's exactly what we've been told that we need to do. So now we've got the experts and we've got all these pipes being built. And now what's the next thing? There's, there, there can't be anything else wrong, right? Ah, we don't have any policies whatsoever on what kind of data we can put in the cloud, um, how we're going to be accessing it, um, what's our security landing zone look like. Um, all of these things that we thought that we would be able to, you know, just go ahead and do, all of a sudden our own company is telling us, no, 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 you can't do any of that. You need to keep everything inside. Heineken's a, a very old company. Like it said in the first slide, uh, 1864, we still have uh, the idea that data should be written down on paper. Um, if, if I have a contract, I still have to physically hand it over to my procurement people who will then go ahead and put it in a vault. And this still happens. So this is the kind of mentality that we're dealing with. So what do we have to do? We have to work with our SOC and we have to work with our data security experts and be able to educate them and actually um, encourage them to come into the 21st century. We have to convince them that these new ways of working are just as safe as the old ways. Never mind the fact that they're actually safer than the old way, right? Right now I can tell you that my data that's sitting on AWS is safer than the data that's sitting in our own um, data center and I have no problem with that statement whatsoever. Now no CEO or CIO ever wants to wake up and find out that their 1864 recipe was in the hands of the North Koreans or something like this, right? So we need to make sure that all of this stuff is locked down and all of the people in the security department are completely on board with this. And that's the thing that took the longest time. Um, the lack of cloud knowledge, we, we solved that. We went ahead and built something out very quickly. The connectivity, that took a little bit longer because you actually have to physically create those um, data pipes. The, lack of policies and the convincing of the security, that was the longest thing in the entire process. So in retrospect, what we needed to do was start looking inside ourselves first before we ever started this journey instead of looking outside, right? So now everything's fixed, right? We're ready to start our journey, and except the smartest people in the room started to, to, to recognize the fact that we didn't even know what we didn't know at that time. So there's this idea, it's called the Dunn and Kruger effect. What it says is that 
The people who know the absolute least about something think that they're experts and geniuses. And the experts and geniuses actually realize how little they do know, and so therefore don't think that they know very much about something. So if you think that you're a genius and an expert, you're probably not. So what did we do? We decided we were going to fail. And we were going to fail fast, and we were going to learn from that, and we were going to adjust, and we were going to be agile. Because there's no avoiding any of that stuff, right? So the whole point was go ahead and figure out what you don't know by running into the wall, figuring it out, and going around it again. So what did work well? Well, obviously, it was well-planned and structured implementation by the best program manager on the planet, who was amazing. <laughs> Actually, um, it's because we had the right team. We chose the right um, vendor, we chose the right providers, and we chose the right people, and we all worked together as partners. Um, if you're going to go on this journey, you can't just buy people, you can't just buy solutions. You actually have to partner with these people and make sure that they are as invested in your success as you are. The next thing is we had regular communication. So every morning we would go through what went wrong yesterday, right? What did we fix yesterday? And then what is left to fix today? So in an agile sense, this is like a stand-up, except that's only supposed to take 15 minutes. And sometimes this would take an hour and a half out of the morning. But if we didn't do it every single day, we would never know how messed up things are at any given moment. We would also have regular weekly meetings with senior management, and we would have monthly meetings with all of the um, senior stakeholders. So we brought in AWS experts, senior management. We brought in SAP vice presidents. We had all of the right people on board because as soon as something would go wrong, instead of waiting for two or three weeks for phone calls and whatever, I just talked to my president, he picked up the phone, and we had the right people working on it. Um, what also worked very well was the architectural build-out. Again, the people that we chose knew exactly what they were doing, and we let them do that. We let them excel at it. And because we explained to them what our problems were, and what we needed to resolve, they did exactly that for us. And so now, the scripts that we built in, the ter in terms of the migration are the same scripts that we follow today, except they've, of course, been improved every single time we do them. And so we can go ahead and turn things around in about nine minutes, honestly. Um, the one time it didn't happen, I was so angry, I call up and I say, Lemongrass, I need to go ahead and, and upgrade at five o'clock. It's like four o'clock now. And they came back and they're like, well, yeah, except now you're going to a 12 TB system and there's, there's not one. And I said, what do you mean there's not one? Make one. So it took an extra day. It was really, really aggravating. So <laughs> instead of things taking eight to 12 months, it took me an extra day. So I lived with the problem. Lastly, um, the thing that really, really went well, and we didn't know how, how good it was for us until later on, was the snowball migration. We were able to put terabytes of information into 
um, AWS, and we didn't even have our pipes built yet, right? So all of these connectivity problems and all of the data security problems and all of these things that would have stopped us from being able to do anything, we just put it onto a secure device, sent it out to, uh, to Frankfurt, Germany. They loaded up the data and we sent it back to Ireland. They loaded it into the cloud and we, were, we had our systems already there. Now, obviously they weren't synchronized, they weren't in real time, but this allowed us to get around those other roadblocks, right? This was the thing that really saved our bacon at the end of the day. Achievements. So long story short, it was successful. Um, and what we have is 50 projects and 20 opcos. That might not sound like a lot to you, but when we started, before we went on, we had six projects and one opco, right? And we could barely even handle that mass. Now it's grown exponentially inside of 12 months. We had um, across a four-tiered landscape, we had six TB. Now across our four-tiered landscape, we have 42 TB, right? So this is really starting to look like a hockey stick at this point. Um, my expectation is inside of the next year, this will double again. If it's as, as successful as it was in the last 12 months. Um, there's a lot of things going on inside of Heineken. There's a lot of dedication to the idea that we are not just a beer company, but a digital company, that we will take all of the data that we have and improve ourselves using that data. And to do that, it will probably take about 100 terabytes of data. Um, again, the systems that used to take eight to 12 months are now growing in days and literally uh, hours, really. Um, we will go ahead and we'll start planning the week before. We'll go ahead and do a test run, make sure that that works. And then when we really need it to happen, it's usually on a Saturday night or a Sunday morning or something when the number of um, transactions is at a minimum. And we just go ahead and switch over. And that's really all it takes. But the reason why we can do this is because we're able to build parallel systems and then we move everything over and then we shut this system down and we sh turn this system on. We let all of the queues flush out and now we've got a system that's live. And realistically, there's no downtime for it because there was always something that somebody could query. It may have been stale for like five minutes but who's gonna notice that, especially on a Sunday morning at three o'clock in the morning? People in Australia might, but for the vast majority of who our users are right now, nobody's noticing anything. So it looks like magic. It's great for my career. Um, zero downtime for maintenance. Again, we are able to do this wonderful magic of creating a system, going ahead and upgrading it, testing on it, making sure that everything works on it before we ever turn anything off. So all of that risk that we used to have, you know, like, well, we're going to go ahead and uh, start with development. Well, we can't start with development because then we're going to have to put a freeze on all this other stuff. We don't have freezes anymore because we're able to go ahead and make sure ahead of time that all of these things work seamlessly. And at any moment, if something doesn't work, we shut the thing off and throw it away. And we start and we, we haven't lost any problem or we haven't lost any time in, in, in the previous system. It's still sitting there. Um, the reduced support costs. 
uh, it's becoming the end of the year and I'm looking now at my numbers and I can tell you that the 42 terabyte system that we have right now is running at half the cost of the six terabyte system that we used to have in terms of support. It's amazing. Um, we have a lot more headaches in terms of clients, right? Internally, we're actually running uh, our cost center as a profit center now because we're able to go ahead and charge people for their direct utilization. And it's the last one, the transparency of, of billing that allows me to do that. I can know at any given moment on my phone how much I'm spending with AWS, how much I'm going to pay at the end of the month. I can go ahead and, and figure these things out. So when I go ahead and run my books, I can go ahead and bill out to the penny um, any opco, any program, um, and I can tell them Based on what I see, this is what you're, you should be budgeting for the next 12 months because I know exactly how much you've grown and I can see how much you will grow. And this is really, really helping all of our functions in terms of, of budgeting and also in terms of just becoming a digital um, organization. Um, so this brings us to the second part. I've been talking right now up to this point all about the, the BI systems, but Going back to that snowball, we had one way of saving ourselves, but now we have a new problem. We have a new challenge. Um, we've decided that we're going to implement CFIN across Europe. It's 29 opcos, um, 29 times four. So that's over 100 ECC systems that we need to stage, that we need to cleanse, and that we need to reformat data on before they get migrated into the central system. Conventionally, if we did that, and we decided that we were gonna go ahead and build four staging systems, right? We'd be able to do one opco a time, and that would wind up taking us about a year just to migrate the data, and it would cost a couple hundred thousand euros on top of that just because of all of the time and all of the staging and everything. So what we decided was let's pull out our old trick, right? Let's take the, uh, the snowball and let's package up all of the data. We'll send out 29 snowballs and they'll send them back and we'll go ahead and build up the systems that we need. And as we do our magic of, you know, making sure that all of the data meets the specifications of the master data, um, all of the formatting is exactly the way it is. It's perfectly clean. Just throw that thing away, right? So I don't have to worry anymore about how long it's going to take me to make systems and what am I going to do with them now that they're made. I can just go ahead and decommission the thing and it doesn't cost me anything extra. So these things have really, really helped Heineken. And um, it's really, really helped uh, our partners as well, I think understand us even better through this journey and we continue going forward. So um, from that, I think there's a couple slides left. Michael, thank you very much. Thank you. Fascinating story, guys. Thank you. Michael and Heineken, thank you. So thank you again for, for joining us and coming from all the way from, from Amsterdam to, to be with us. Uh, choice right? Uh, 
They had a choice uh, what they needed to do. We helped them with our partners innovate, right? So that's where I want to make sure that you get out of this session, right? There's no secret, there's no secret recipe. Every, every one of you is different. Everyone wants different things. Everyone has different paths. Everyone has different business needs. But the thing that our commitment is to you, right, is to provide you choice and innovation. Allow you to choose your own paths, allow you to uh, learn from these experiences. We continue to do that. And also allow you to innovate, right? Example that, that Michael said, how he's learning technologies that maybe when we created those was not the purpose, but now we have a use. Right? And that's being shared. This is an ecosystem and a community that keeps learning and building from each other, learning on all these interactions. Right? We have a solid set of partners that are helping customers like Michael and Heineken, of course, and, and many others. You saw the slide. So this is what I want to make sure that you take out of this session. Right? We're here for you. We're committed for you. Uh, and we're helping you and many other customers to help innovate and continue this journey to the cloud. With that, uh, kind of you can get started today, right? There are a couple of uh, things that, that we're committed to help you. You know, there's quick start, so how you can create this environment super fast and less than two hours. So that's the pieces of things that we have IP there that is completely open uh, for you to leverage. Partners, right? There's a whole net of partners. In case of Heineken, they were very close with, with Lemongrass. Uh, but there's a whole portfolio of partners that are here to help you. And of course, you can connect directly with us, right? That's an email, that email hits my inbox and everybody else on the team. So anything you need uh, from us, we're here to help. Uh, we're here to help you explore. We're here to help you choose your path. Uh, identify what's best for you, what are going to fulfill your business needs, and we can go together in that journey. Because trust me, this company, we go with the journey with you. We're not leaving you alone. So with that, thank you very much uh, for being here. And thank you, Michael. And by the way, before I forget, uh, if you want to, you know, don't forget this session, here's a little sticker, right, on how Heineken is working together with AWS. So thank you. <laughs>